BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. A North Carolina squatter with a witch cauldron is arrested after a property dispute. In Alabama, a good Samaritan steps in and saves a female caught in a domestic dispute during a knife attack. And a 12-year-old girl in Michigan is charged with throwing acid on an 11-year-old. These stories and more coming at you today, Monday, July 24th. On Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Mike Agavino. I'm Kelly Jennings. KJ is back. The suspension continues. <laughs> it conti- into its second day, for those of you that, that uh, I don't know, is there something online they can go track, you know, like a countdown? Like the- I tried to put one of the, those air tags on Woody's truck, but he caught me while I was doing it, so <laughs> I don't know where he is, but... He will be back with an original episode tomorrow, and he will be back on Wednesday with Jim and I. And so he has uh, pledged that he's learned the lessons of uh, of his crime, and he will be back with us. That's right. And look, before we get into crime time today, just real quick, Kelly Jennings, you have Unspeakable, a true crime podcast by Kelly Jennings live taking place in Livingston Parish, Louisiana, actually Walker, the city of Walker, and Southeastern Louisiana University's Southeastern Livingston Center will be the place. That's right. Now, the Friday night, which is what, the 28th? 28th is Friday. Yep, that one's sold, sold out. out. Sorry. But we opened a second night. 29th. That's right. We have limited tickets available. So if you're interested in that, hopefully by the time you hear this, um, you know, they're not sold out. <laughs> but, uh, Go ahead to, you can go to my Facebook, Unspeakable um, by Kelly Jennings, or you can go to unspeakablethepodcast.com. But there's links to the Southeastern website, which is where you would buy your tickets. Yeah. And uh, just a party in the parking lot for like three hours before. Actually, yeah. And then then, that's right. uh, Open bar inside. So it should be awesome. If I, no open bar if inside. You, but if I open bar, you There mean, will be whiskey on wheels yeah. in the parking lot. That part is true. And they'll be serving up uh, some themed drinks, some great themed drinks, beer, whatever you want. And Buddy's Barbecue will be supplying the food for that event. Oh, I thought we were so. cooking stuff uh, that Woody kills. I thought that's not... We're not going to do that in the parking lot that night? Well, Woody can bring something and throw it on there. Look, don't threaten me with a good time. My dad yeah. used to, or not used to, he still does, he says, come over, put some dead shit on the pit and tell some lies. And I'm <laughs> like, let's do it. <laughs> sounds like a that party be on the But if there's open bar, I might not be able to podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, uh, that's right. Don't pretend you've never never done that before. Right. Come on. That's right. Hey, that's one right. shot never killed him. No. Nope, well, nope. of alcohol. Or two. Or three or four. <laughs> Then Jim ends up on the floor. There's no doubt about it. Let's get weird. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So we're going to get into some crime time today, and we're going to tell you about an Alabama man who was accused of trying to attack the mother of his children while she was stuck at a traffic light. Uh, Fortunately, it was thwarted by a legally armed witness who shot him in the face. The Dothan Police Department reported that on July 12th, Sean McDaniel followed the mother of his kids as they drove through Dothan. The couple were separated. McDaniel reportedly tried to meet up with the woman earlier, but she refused, so he followed her in his car. The mother was traveling with an acquaintance, and the pair soon caught on that McDaniel was following them. The mother and acquaintance stopped at a traffic light where McDaniel allegedly hopped out of his car while wielding a large hunting knife and confronted the pair. The acquaintance was legally armed and demanded McDaniel walk away. 
The suspect refused the warning to leave and instead swung the knife, prompting the woman's acquaintance to fire his gun. McDaniel was struck in the face and sustained a major injury, but was conscious and alert. McDaniel returned to his car and actually drove to a nearby business to seek help. The mom and acquaintance also drove to a nearby business and called police. McDaniel was transported to a hospital for treatment for the gunshot wound. He was then transported to an out-of-town facility for more specialized treatment. Currently, it is not believed that his injury is life-threatening, but a good Samaritan stepping in and saving the life of a woman who could have been tragically killed with a hunting knife. For sure. Um, what kind of business do you drive into with your uh, face hanging off the side of your head? Hopefully a plastic seek surgeon. Help, uh, I would uh, say any business that's open. So he, <laughs> so he drove into Jiffy Lube with his like face hanging yeah. off of his head. Right. He just got shot help in the face me. and help. Yeah. Um, but acquaintance, was that a was the acquaintance more than an you acquaintance? know they were on, they, you know they, they didn't say which I found very strange yeah. that, that you know there may have been something going on there and new they didn't boyfriend. want to publicize acquaintances are new meat and yeah. uh, <laughs> but you know the guy gave the acquaintance a yeah. uh, a great uh, excuse to blow him away. I think That's this right. is kind of like the don't start no shit won't be no shit. Yeah, and he started it and there was some. Yeah. <laughs> 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 very, and, and he's very not true. likely to be quite as good looking uh, after that incident. As maybe no, he was before, he's definitely going to so. leave a mark, so, as they say. It'll it, it'll make dating interesting. So, how'd you get the the hole in your head? <laughs> oh, well, I was trying to stab my ex. What is that large knife in the car for? <laughs> that, Rambo, that, lover's, Rambo that lover's rage thing. I mean, it's just hard to. I mean, these people just get so out of control and and irrational. Um, well, crazy. and then it, the kids weren't in the car, right? No. So. so why are you following them? Well, uh, uh, you, I have you, my you, suspicions well, that yeah. that might have been more than an acquaintance, <laughs> yeah. and he was pissed. And, and well, that's uh, totally what it was. Yeah. 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 Well, that was would be what I would say. But anyway, uh, look, he stepped in, he defended her, and now she's definitely in love. If she oh wasn't in love before, now he just became, look, you just saved my life. Her ovaries jumped straight out of her body. Whenever <laughs> he did that, I'm telling you right now. Oh, my God. Right now. Absolutely. How long, how long do you ride that? Like streak of I saved your life. I mean, <laughs> the, like for what, the rest ever? of the relationship. Oh no, no, no. There'd be a. Mm-mm. I'm thinking I could get a steady week of action. Week, week. That's two, it. maybe two weeks of strong first of action. All, first of all, life di- saving life. Educate him. Listen to me. Kelly you Jay. had zero commitment to me, and you were willing to kill for me. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. We're having triplets the first try. Okay, you it, saved my life. Does it does it matter what I look like? Yeah. Okay. So if you know, Prince Charming My husband also, yes, yes. happened to then then boom, it's on. Yeah. But thank God I have a hysterectomy. Okay. But do you <laughs> do you throw a couple of thank yous at uh oh, I'm a thank you, you know at, at, at an ogre that Ogre's bad for no, uh, but, current timing. No, but I wouldn't have an ogre in the car next to me. All I'm saying. So she was already attracted oh, was already, to him. She was already, yeah, she was already sniffing around. Right. Yeah, right. but if he was and, just cute before, he became and then a smoke show after You like high-key instead of low-key just got rid of my crazy ex, <laughs> too? Right. Get out and marry me. <laughs> well, do you know you got rid of him? You didn't get rid of him, rid of him. Well, I bet he don't come around no more talking say, shit. Give me a reason to second chance, and I will shoot your I ass. You, you might not recognize him the next time he comes yeah. around because he doesn't have a face. Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all something real quick. I had a boyfriend before my husband, and I'm ashamed to admit it. Okay? Does he know that? Yeah. Okay. Because the story, and that boyfriend was mean. Okay, like mean, mean, mean. That's well. Just so y'all know, he pulled a gun on my husband. Okay, this is before he was my husband. So listen up, people. And my husband looked him in his face and said, what are you going to do? Walked up on him and said, shoot me. Y'all. Blake, you badass. Most people think it's a C-section scar. No, my ovaries shot straight (laughs) from my body and said, I'm marrying you. And I did. And 15 years later. He's still the man. Ow. He's still the man. That explains it. I'm telling you. (laughs) 
<laughs> All you gotta do is kill someone or almost be killed. Yeah. Well, there you go. Ride that wave, boo boo. Ride that wave. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we had someone break into the house, and I ran out the back door before my wife could get out. That, <laughs> you ran over to get no, out. No, you were leading the way. You were leading the charge. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Perception I'm just kidding. is reality. I'm just kidding. I bet he ain't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Move! <laughs> All you got to do is outrun one hurting. person during a home invasion, if you think about it, right? Just as long as they get the, the oh slower God, one. so funny. <laughs> All right, well, how about this? A woman who was kidnapped and held captive in Mexico is freed after eight months. You were sanctioned to do an international story? Did yes. we have this discussion? Yeah. First of all, I'll do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I did what I want. I see the attitude of I'm, other members of this team have already <laughs> inflicted you. I'm getting too okay. big for my britches. It's, it's same, you same it? continent you're, you're allowed. North America, Thank you're allowed. You. I made a D in geography. Really not so. America, <laughs> Central America. You're still allowed. All right, a woman who was kidnapped last winter while walking her dog was released by her captors in Mexico and is returning to the United States. On July 15th, the FBI announced Monica de Leon Barba was safe and en route to the United States, where she will be uh, reunited with her family and her dog after spending eight months in captivity. According to the FBI, Barbara was uh, kidnapped in Mexico on November 29th, 2022, while walking home from work with her dog. Her captors reportedly let her go July 14th. She is a U.S. citizen, and I'm going to add this. I'm shocked they let her go. Very shocked by that. In April, the FBI shared a video of her kidnapping and photos of her suspected captors taken from surveillance cameras. The three vehicles investigators believe were involved in her kidnapping include a silver Volkswagen Volkswagen Jetta, a gray Dodge Charger, and a white Chevy Suburban. uh, Several suspects approached Barbara and forced her into the gray Volkswagen Jetta. The suspects freed her dog, thank God. And a family member reportedly found the pet and recovered it. Following the kidnapping, the suspects drove off in the Jetta Charger and Suburban. None of the suspects have been arrested and the investigation into their identities remains ongoing. I'm telling you what. She's lucky she's alive. Oh, my God. God has a plan for her. Thank God she's been released. I wonder wonder why. Um, Something's up with that. Well, it's like the member of the... the group where they had gone for the plastic surgery mm-hmm. and the, uh, the cartel ended up releasing the other two mm-hmm. back because, you know, they're trying to they realized that they had mistaken them for somebody else. This mm-hmm. may have been a, a case of mistaken identity. Um, Maybe. and, uh, you know, they're, they're attempting to keep peace. I, 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 I well, it was, that was part of that release, Mike, but, also, there was a lot of pressure from the United States yeah. because it was all on video. So there could have been some pressure here. I mean, we don't know who this this lady was. She could have been someone, you know, sadly, she could have been someone with a lot of money that was able to. Uh, Which happens on that Texas Maybe she knew a senator. I, I mean, when the United States applies pressure, uh, things get done in Mexico a lot of times it's just that pressure it seems like is not applied as much as it should be yeah but um so that that could be also have yeah you have to be a WNBA player in russia and then <laughs> right then they'll, and then they'll then they'll work but uh, she's lucky because i can tell you just from my studies and whatnot that right there you know they'll take women and they'll sell them into you know sexual uh prostitution um sexual prostitution hello but you know in slavery uh prostitution and then when they're done with them they'll do what's called a gisa which is where they um bind you up throw you in a um barrel and then they burn the body so for her mm. to be um, it's not, not a good retirement no, no, no. It, but the fact she survived, girl, you better, you better make something of your life. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Don't you be wasting time. Yeah. And they let your dog go. Yeah. At least Mm-mm. they did that at the beginning. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, guys, we've been screwing up for years for our entire adult lives because we don't have to pay taxes. We don't. We don't have to pay for anything. Let me explain to you how this works. A woman Convicting of squatting in 2015 while claiming her religion protects her from eviction was evicted again last week in North Carolina in an incident where she is said to have punched a police officer. 
After an eviction notice was put in place for Ninty Elbey, age 50, to be removed from an East Charlotte home back in April of 2022, WSOC-TV reports that she was finally forced out by police last week, so a year plus later. During the eviction process, Elbey reportedly punched a police officer in the eye. The cops then arrested her. Neighbors say that Elbey has been terrorizing them for weeks. She belongs to a religious sect that claims it is exempt from local laws. She's gone around the neighborhood a few times with a blowhorn, yelling at people to get off her indigenous property. Mm-hmm. Neighbor Mike Kowalski told police, adding that she, quote, had a big witch's cauldron in the back she would burn. You got a pot big enough to go out back. And, of course. Yeah. I we am call my them, neighborhood We call witch. them jambalaya pots around here, <laughs> <laughs> not witches' cauldrons. El Bay reportedly barricaded herself within the home and punched the officer in the eye when police tried to remove her. She was pepper sprayed and hid in a closet until officers knocked down the door and arrested her. You know, maybe that's the thing that got her. She did that one dumb thing to swing at a cop, Kowalski said. He added that Elbe has flipped him the middle finger in the past and sprayed oil on his home. Another neighbor said Elbe sprayed, sprayed oil on their home as well, and yet another home in the neighborhood. She said, I'm going to burn you all alive if you don't get away from me. So she was uh, spreading oil on all these homes in the neighborhood, telling all these people to stay away from her. She was going to burn them. Um, she was charged with first-degree trespassing, resisting a police officer, and assault on a government official. In 2015, Elbey and eight other people occupied a 5,200-square-foot home in the upscale Piper Glen neighborhood and claimed her association as a Moorish foreign citizen meant that she did not need to adhere to the laws of the United States or the state of North Carolina. Since I know you all, you are all wondering, like I was, what it means to be a Moorish foreign citizen, here's what I found. The Moorish Sovereign Citizen Movement yep. is a collection of independent organizations and lone individuals who emerged in the early 1990s as an offshoot of an anti-government sovereign citizens movement. Adherents of the movement believe that individual citizens uh, hold sovereignty over and are independent of the authority of federal and state governments. Kind of a convenient uh, set of thoughts. So she is said to have moved into the previous foreclosed home, which sat on a cul-de-sac and was worth over $800,000 before immediately enrolling her children in school and picking them up at the bus stop. Every day, Elbey reportedly filed a lawsuit suing the police for crimes against indigenous people related to the previous home she was removed from. That litigation is still pending. So these sovereign citizens, although a lot of these stories sound um, very comical almost like ridiculous sovereign citizens are no joke and um law enforcement are very familiar with them because the sovereign citizens take it to a next level and they um they firmly believe and they are indoctrinated in their groups um a lot of people think that it's almost like a white supremacy type type group, but it's not because there's black Moorish uh, sovereigns and oh, there's terrible. there's different sects of them. Matter of fact, the guy in last episode we talked about that open fire on the officers in Baton Rouge, killing a bunch of them. He actually was a sovereign citizen like this, but they um, they want to kill police. They have a goal because they feel like the police are doing things illegally. And something else that's interesting about them when you said she filed lawsuits is they file frivolous lawsuits all the time thousands of sheets of paper like they sign it with a thumbprint like they are cuckoo cachoo but they are cuckoo enough that they're dangerous yeah and and the issue look it, on youtube right now they they get 50 60 thousand views there's a, a group locally that i cannot stand that you know they get they get 100,000 views on youtube every episode but they'll bust in our local you know, instead of waiting for a police officer to violate your rights, you bring the camera to him and say, now I dare you to violate my rights. Mm-hmm. And they don't see the difference there. No. They don't see the difference. They stick cameras. Uh, a police officer's writing a ticket, and they stick a camera in his face. And, hey, ma'am, I'm, I'm watching. I'm making sure. It's very, very frustrating to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, the witch's they, cauldron is not a standard part of that, though, right? No. That, that was an elective thing. That, no, but right. they do, they do live um, in in sometimes in these like camp style outfit type things. But um, and to your point about the um, them with the cameras, I, mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend the other day who's 
a law enforcement officer, and there was a woman he was actually helping um, that he was going to give her a mm-hmm. ride and, and, and help her get from point A to point B. She was on hard times or whatever. So he pulls over and he's helping load her stuff in the car dressed in all black. They came out of the woods. Wow. Dressed in, and then started harassing with the cameras mm-hmm. and scared the woman. And what I can't understand about these people is you don't understand that you are putting you're putting yourself in danger but you're because officer safety matters. And this woman that was being helped was scared of them too. Yeah. It's not bright. No, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not it's bright not. at all to insert yourself. <laughs> I didn't have any idea that, uh, uh, that there were any of these people around here. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, they, oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. Huh. They, have, they have one that we're very familiar with around here. Yes, we are. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc so north korea was silent wednesday about the status of an american soldier who bolted across the border and into the isolated communist country a day earlier as more details emerged Regarding the 23-year-old Army private, private second-class Travis King is in a North Korean custody prison after crossing the heavily fortified border willfully and without authorization. This from Secretary Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. King, who had recently been released from a South Korean prison, had been escorted by the military to an airport outside Seoul for possible further disciplinary action into the United States. But instead of proceeding to the gate, he joined a commercial tour group headed for the Joint Security Area. The Truce Village, as it's known, is about an hour and a half from the airport and is the only place along the 155-mile demilitarized zone where North Korea and South Korea uh, interact. Sarah Leslie, a tourist from New Zealand who was in King's group, said the tour was nearing the end and the group was just milling around under the watchful eyes of South Korea and American soldiers, while soldiers on the North Korean side appeared to be inside a building. Suddenly, she noticed a man running and she described it as full gas toward the North Korean side. The South Korean American soldiers ordered the rest of the group inside and chased after King, but they could not catch him. Everybody was stunned and shocked. Leslie said there were some people who hadn't even realized what was going on. King was initially reported to the South Korean police after allegedly punching a Korean national at a nightclub in Seoul last year, but was not indicted because the victim did not want to press charges. In February, he was fined 5 million won, which what? which sounds like a ton, but it's only $3,950 in American currency. I thought you were say 39 cents. <laughs> no, not that bad. $3,950 in American currency in, in Seoul on charges that included damage to public property. He was accused of repeatedly kicking a police patrol car in Seoul last year and causing several hundred dollars in damage. He did not cooperate when apprehended by officers at the scene and was shouting profanities about Koreans and the Korean Army. King had been serving in the Army since January of 2021. That's the United States Army, of course. He was a cavalry scout assigned to the 1st Armored Division and had served almost two months in South Korean prison for that assault. King appears to be the first U.S. soldier to defect to North Korea in more than 50 years. And I say, let him go. Boy, bye. He doesn't sound like he's a good apple anyway, Mike. No, no. I, maybe he thought he was going to get to meet Dennis Rodman or something. Is maybe. Right? <laughs> maybe. But, I mean, who bolts? 
into North Korea. I can think of a ton of places and, I'd like to bolt. North Korea ain't one of them. And then talk shit to them. Yeah, like starving. Well, what well, are you doing? Well, he's talking he's shit, shit to, to the, the South, South, Koreans. South Koreans. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in, yeah. I'm, okay. But he's probably probably gonna talk shit to them too. Okay, but, I you know. feel an obligation to say this. Okay, so, y'all don't y'all don't come at me. Well, it depends on what comes out. But <laughs> as a military guy, I would be curious as to what he has if he has seen combat before. No, he's only been in he he'd only been in the military for like three months when he was doing all this. Oh, goodbye, boy. Stuff. Boy, take a seat. Goodbye. This dude ain't no, seen I'm no done. combat. Okay. I was gonna give him an ounce if he had, you know, maybe was having a mental breakdown from prior. I just my listening ears apparently weren't on very strong right <laughs> That is a, that is such a wacko story. Yeah. Um, who bolts in North Korea? I mean, it's just crazy, but I say leave him there, uh yeah. and let him experience what it's like in a communist country, right? Yeah, because we we stand under the privileges so of that here. American flag, and yeah. people take it for granted. I don't. That's right. And I ain't going anywhere. That's right. Merca. All right. Merca. All right. Well, hey, everybody needs to keep an eye on their kids, okay? Mm-hmm. Because a 12-year-old girl was charged for throwing acid, acid on an 11-year-old girl. Oh, my gosh. So an 11-year-old Detroit girl is lucky to be alive after a 12-year-old girl allegedly threw acid on her following an altercation at a a local park. Wayne County Prosecutor Kim Worthy has now charged the 12-year-old girl with felony assault and intent to do great bodily harm. This is an extremely troubling set of allegations. Instant, horrible decision-making can have lifelong effects on others, Worthy said in a statement. There's no excuse for this. In a GoFundMe... Uh, account created by Deborah Golston. She said her granddaughter, Dara Summers, was at a local school park with her younger siblings and cousins when an altercation between an older unknown teenager and one of Dara's cousins occurred. But the unknown teenager's mother brought acid to the park for her child to retaliate. Golston claimed in the fundraiser for Dara's medical expenses. Dara and her siblings left the park in a hurry, but realizing she forgot her purse, the 11-year-old girl ran back to pick it up. She returned for her purse and was then doused uh, with acid by the older teenager, the grandmother alleged in the GoFundMe. Two seconds later, it started like burning and went through my shirt, my shorts, Dara told WDIV-TV. I was screaming and I was crying. Golston said her granddaughter suffered second and third degree burns and was admitted to the burn unit at Children's Hospital in Michigan. She's lucky to be alive, but will need ongoing care to fully hear from the wounds she incurred, the grandmother wrote. Dominique Summers, Dara's mother, said her daughter suffered burns on her back, legs, and arms. How does a child even think to bring acid to a park, the mother asked. Summers went on to say she believes an adult had given the acid to the child, and she wants to see that adult arrested for what they did to my daughter. You don't know what you did, the mother said. I feel like it was the most evil thing you could do to a kid, and especially the fact that she was an innocent bystander. The 12-year-old suspect faces a $10,000 bond and was scheduled to appear in court this week, and the child was ordered to not have any contact with Dara or her family. A spokesperson with the county prosecutor's office says police are investigating whether an adult will also be charged. Wow. Okay. Well, an adult better be charged. Yeah. Yeah, and y'all, where the hell do you get acid? Like, I mean, I know I can figure that out, but who who has acid first of all, and then goes and brings it to a juvenile? Well, there there are a lot there are a lot of household things that you'd have different kinds of uh, acid for. If you have a pool, you might have it. I mean, there's different acids that you might have. That's right. Uh, You can get muriatic acid from a paint store. Yeah, I mean it. But I'm saying you don't. If you're the type of woman. And I'll say woman or whatever that that would be willing to bring that to your child. I don't see you at home using it necessarily to. Yeah, up, it's, it's, it's the my, craziest it's thing ever. I mean, you're 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 handing that to her specifically to use in attacking. So what else is she supposed to be doing with it? I mean, it's yeah. Just, and what else are you what kind of mother are you? Oh, oh. grandmother. Right. Well, Your I'm grandma. saying the, the woman who brought the acid, I'm assuming I assumed I probably shouldn't, but. That it was a mother that, or they said an adult that brought the acid to the juvenile. Um, but what? Like, what do you? What are we doing? I mean, hello, what are we doing in the world? <laughs> Crazy. And that poor baby. A Chicago man is accused of killing his mm-hmm. girlfriend at her workplace after confronting her for apparently removing a tracking device he had put in her car. Mm. 
Armani Henry, age 21, has been charged with first-degree murder in connection with the death of 21-year-old Jaylene Flores, according to authorities. It's unclear if he has entered a plea yet. On July 13th, local police responded to a report of an active shooter at the Mariano's Grocery Store in Evergreen Park, Illinois. When they arrived, officers found a woman later identified as Flores who had been shot multiple times. Flores, who also worked at the grocery store, was pronounced dead at the scene. An investigation identified Henry as a suspected shooter, and he was taken into custody shortly after the shooting. Henry and Flores began dating after they met in school and previously worked together at a nursing home in Oak, in Oak Lawn, Illinois. However, this past April, Flores had filed for a protection of abuse order against Henry for allegedly threatening her and her family. So a not-so-good breakup for the two. WGN reported that the order was granted but was never served and eventually expired. So Flores did not follow through on it. On July 10th, Flores had apparently discovered an air tag, you know, one of those Apple air tags inside of her car, according to police. And I guess in case you're unaware, it's a the air tag's a little GPS tracking device that Apple developed to act like a like a key finder for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this isn't the first case of seeing uh, one of them used uh, nefariously. So, um, and Apple's been been criticized pretty sharply for for this. But um, Flora's brother investigated the air tag and learned that the last four digits so she she found the air tag on her car her brother investigated it and learned that the last four digits of the air tag's phone number matched Armani Henry's phone number two days later Henry allegedly confronted Flores at work about removing the tracking device and threatened to hurt her and her family if she broke off contact with him this prompted Flores to file another protection order Flores arrived at work on Thursday, the 13th of July, to find 124 text messages from Henry alleging, uh, allegedly threatening to murder her. Henry was allegedly captured on surveillance video entering the grocery store. Prosecutors claim Henry approached her inside the store, and the pair then went into an employees-only room before shots were fired. Manager reportedly saw Henry fleeing the scene and identified him to police as the suspected shooter. Henry allegedly fled the scene in a Ford Focus, which was quickly tracked down through license plate readers. At around 10 a.m., Henry was taken into custody. Authorities reportedly recovered the loaded gun from Henry at the time of his arrest. Um, Court documents uh, say that Henry has a history of domestic violence and has a prior conviction of battery in Peoria County. Following the violence, Flores' sister, Ashley Flores, created a GoFundMe campaign to help offset funeral expenses. Quote, unfortunately, my sister was a victim of harassment and stalking from an individual who wasn't even her boyfriend. It was a friend who became obsessive, the woman's sister claimed on the fundraising site. This turned fatal on July 13th at 9 a.m. when he ended my sister's life on what we thought would be another normal Thursday, she continued. I sit here still waiting for her to come home. Unfortunately, my family and I must accept that Jaylene is no longer with us and is in heaven watching above us all. Mm. Another relationship. Well, I, we don't even know what no, the relationship was. Abuse. This was a an obsessed yeah. guy who wanted a relationship and a woman who probably, you know, was uh, uh, was too easy in allowing him to have contact for too long and then didn't follow through on a protection order, probably for similar reasons. She was scared. And she ends up... <laughs> Well, two things I'd I'd add to this. First of all, just for anybody listening, um, when people put air tags on your vehicle, (laughs) um, it'll pop up on your phone. I want you to know that. And so it'll, um, yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's almost like when you get a new Wi-Fi network or it'll pop up. So if you ever get anything, and this is being commonly used in women for like kidnapping purposes and whatnot, but um, if you ever get anything that pops up on your phone that says uh, Apple AirTag or whatever, I I mean, before realizing this, I would have just dismissed it. But if it's popping up on your phone, you might want to check your car or have somebody check your car um, commonly underneath, you know, where they, they can hide these. But they are very tiny. Yeah, so they you can, can hide them anywhere. Yeah. And tell your daughters, tell your sons, you know, if anything ever pops up on their phone saying there's an Apple device. That's I didn't li- know it, yep, did that yep. And um, and it's linking to their um, phone. Screenshot that. 
or whatever, make sure you're able to document that. And then you, you need to immediately have this investigated. Go to your local police departments. They're familiar with this type of situation, and they will help you. So well, and the good it, news is that AirTag is tied to the person who bought it. Right. You're going to be able to identify from that specific AirTag, which was one piece of strong security Apple put into it. Right. But – a lot of people, you're doing that after the fact. Yeah, well, and it's just like when people yeah, are Yeah, that's smart- assuming you find it yeah. and know about it. Right, yeah. and it's just like smurfing when, when dope dealers go and get people to buy, you know, when they're cooking meth, and they'll go get them to go buy the Benadryl and stuff for them. Well, someone will go send someone else to get the air tag. So you just be cognizant of that. Smurfing. If anything ever pops, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, if it pops up on, on your phone, check that. But also, um, a restraining order, y'all, is just a piece of paper. A restraining order will not stop a bullet. And unfortunately, in domestic violence, and I don't want to sound like a know-it-all. I've just, I'm familiar with domestic violence um, from studying it. And um, one of my good friends is a domestic violence um, um, expert. And so she's taught me a lot through the years. And unfortunately, women who are abused, even if it's not a relationship, if they are in a tight-knit relationship with someone, or they were, that person scares them. Mm -hmm. And so if you do the restraining order and I get called to court, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family, your nieces, your nephew. And so as a self-preservation method, they they don't follow through with it. But you can't victim blame here because a protective order is scary in and of itself. And then when you're afraid of the person, right? you know, and so the fact that he was stalking her, that a hundred and something text messages to her phone, we have a serious problem here. And she's absolutely a victim and domestic violence, y'all, they'll kill you. It's documented over and over and over again. If someone is willing to hurt you or threaten you, don't put it past them. No one ever thinks it's going to be them. Yeah. And unfortunately, she paid the ultimate price. All right. A former officer with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department could spend the rest of his life in prison after he was convicted of robbing casinos three different times, stealing over $150,000. A federal jury convicted 35-year-old Caleb Rogers of three counts of interference with commerce by robbery and one count of brandishing a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence. The firearm charge alone comes with a maximum sentence of life. Rogers' brother reportedly testified against him during the trial and said he joined Caleb on the first heist, but not the other two. Prosecutors reportedly argued during the trial that Rogers was deep in debt and addicted to gambling. Rogers robbed the first casino in West Las Vegas in 2021 and stole $73,810. And the second one in the northern part of Las Vegas in on January 6th of 2023, and he took 11500 that time. During those two robberies, he walked directly to the casino's cashier cage and demanded money from the cashiers. The third heist occurred uh, February 27th. During that incident, he reportedly ran toward two casino employees in the sportbook area and yelled, get away from the money. I've got a gun. I will shoot you. He pushed one of the cashiers onto the floor before taking $78,898. Employees triggered the alarm at the casino, and Rogers fled toward the parking lot. A security guard tackled him, but Rogers pulled out a gun and threatened to shoot him. Other guards arrived and disarmed him. Las Vegas PD arrested Rogers and checked the serial number on his revolver and learned it was a department-issued revolver. Oh, good God. That's right. And Rogers uh, faces up to 20 years for each count of interference with commerce by robbery so this guy's basically looking at the rest of his life in jail i think that in this situation i gave it some thought uh you know you would casino's got to be one of the uh most locked down places uh you could ever choose to rob so i'm like that would be the last freaking place i would ever consider robbing but this guy was a police officer that worked in las vegas and he knew the weaknesses And he also knew even if he goes up to a cashier cage where he can't touch them necessarily, um, he knew they're going to comply. He he knows how they're trained. So actually got away with three of these uh, robberies before getting stopped. And now and he was currently employed as a police officer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 
that should be an added charge, in my opinion. I don't know that we. I'm sure there is something, but but the fact that you're the malfeasance law, well, I know in there's office malfeasance, for sure. But I think it should be something more than that because you've literally been given a license to be able to use lethal force based on your, um, you know your, you know your training yeah. and all of that, and now you take that very weapon and you use that against the people. <clears throat> I don't know. I think that. That's, I think that probably does happen with a judge's discretion. You know, yeah. the judge is going to look at it and and see that it was somebody who was entrusted with right. the public uh, uh, good and took advantage of of that and is going to give them. You know, they're going to throw yeah the as max much at the max on everything right. Yeah, just throw the book at them. That's nonsense. Agreed. Well, we'll move from casinos to lawnmowers. Hmm. That's a good transition. <laughs> All right. So the family of a homeless California woman who died after a lawnmower ran over her is demanding someone be held accountable for her death. We are uh, we're going to try everything to get justice, Christopher Chavez said following the death of his 27-year-old daughter, Christine Chavez, in Modesto. The Modesto Police Department said at noon Saturday, July 8th, a landscaper was using a tractor. Oh, God. A tractor with a pull behind mower to cut the grass at Beard Brook Park. The landscaper noticed an unresponsive body in the area he had already mowed, according to KTVU TV. Mm. The landscaper called 911 and Chavez was declared dead on the scene. They left big chunks of her all over the place, just covered up with the grass. We have to go see the place because we wanted some type of closure and to be right there looking at the ground and then all of a sudden seeing pieces of her is horrible. The victim's sister, Rosalinda, told Fox 40. Chavez's dad said that he was able to collect pieces of his daughter's bones, teeth and skull following her death. The Stanislaus County's coroner is still working to determine a cause of death for Chavez. Her family is demanding local police carry out a thorough investigation, asking how it was possible the landscaper missed the woman in the grass. It's a lie that they didn't see her, Christopher Chavez said, according to KCRA. I'm going to keep going because I need to. I'm looking for justice, and I'm going to be there until something happens. Local winery, E&J Gallo Winery, acquired Beard Brook Park from city management one day prior to Chavez's death. A spokesperson for the company said that the landscaper was hired to remove weeds and provide fire prevention services. There was an accident at approximately 12 p.m. involving a contractor's tractor and an individual who was not visible and laying in a tall, weeded area. The contractor immediately contact, uh, contacted the Modesto Police Department via 911, and upon arrival, MPD officers declared the individual was deceased. The winery added the company and landscaping are fully cooperating with the police and it's expressed its sincere condolences to the family of the victim. Chavez's brother-in-law, Jose Zermeno, claimed the landscaper should have been more aware of his surroundings. I work with machinery. I know when you are working with machinery, you're paying attention to what is ahead of you, especially if you, if you have something dragging behind you, Zermanio said. And for him not to see anything laying in front of him, he wasn't doing his job. Chavez leaves behind a nine-year-old daughter, KTLA reported. Wow. I think that they are a family in distress. This is horrible. It's a terrible way to die. And they're just trying to, they want someone to be responsible <clears throat> for her death. The fact she's laying in tall grass that man didn't. That man set out to cut grass, and he has enlarged equipment because the grass is so high. Look, if if, if this on. was a family that gave a shit about their daughter, yep. Why is she homeless, sleeping in the middle of a park or wherever, right. in high grass? I, I mean, this is an attempted money grab because yeah. it's a wealthy, you know, EJ Gallo uh, right. uh, bought the the land. I mean, that's the the weird part to me is. It's the day after they bought the property that this incident happens on right. what is now their property. That's a really weird thing out here. But you see this all the time where uh, the people come out of the woodwork, this guy, you know, the, the brother-in-law, whatever, right. saying, you know, you can't tell me the guy didn't see her. Oh, oh yeah, he saw her and he decided that it would be a good idea me, to run this human being over right. with this huge tractor and chop her into pieces. That's right. ridiculous. Because that didn't traumatize him either, yeah, right? It's it's a family seeing an opportunity to get some money out of the death of somebody that they had, you know, was already living at a great distance to the family homeless. Right. I mean, it, if and, they cared that much, they'd have found a bed somewhere for her right. or a and, sleeping bag on the floor. And- 
if she is struggling, I would bet, I could be wrong, but if she was struggling with mental health issues or drug addiction issues, that would explain probably why she's laying in a field. And was she deceased before he ran over her? Why didn't she move? You get what I'm saying? What Mm -hmm. if she OD'd in the feet? And I don't mean to put that on her and she's dead and I I feel horrible for that. But the family needs to get somewhere with that because this is a tragedy. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Immediately called 911 when he realized it. They had just bought the property. It sounds to me like it was overgrown, dilapidated, and they were trying to clean it up to revamp it. And it kind of, I don't, I hate saying it is what it is, but it kind of is in this situation. Family will get a really good lawyer. Gallo will say, this isn't worth going to court over. We'll give you 25000 Go away. I think they'll give them a lot more than that. I think they'll end up getting uh, a good amount of money to go away and and not uh, give bad publicity to uh, to a you know pretty big brand. Yeah, you're probably right, Kelly. You weren't here, but before uh, we had to suspend Woody, he had done a story reporting on um, some of the stuff going on in the city of San Francisco with mm. crime. Uh, actually, it was the Bay Area. Uh, overall, Oakland and in San Francisco, and so um, he had he had reported on some of the safety recommendations provided to residents by the city of Oakland, and also explored um, the, the skyrocketing crime on both sides of the bay. The nation's second largest pharmacy chain, Walgreens, we mm. all go to Walgreens, right, is now taking unprecedented action to try and stem the tide of thievery at one San Francisco store. When I saw this, I just couldn't believe it. Um, Theft has become so bad that some stores are now padlocking, shut their freezers, and tying metal chains to ensure the doors remain closed overnight. Oh, I'm looking at the picture. Good God. (laughs) Padlocks. Wow. Um, I can't sing or I would do this, but back when Steve Perry still had his voice— and he sang, you know, when the lights go down in the city and the sun shines, shines on the bay. On the bay. Do I want to be there in my city? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh I think he, <laughs> I think he changed that now to oh no no. no. Uh, I think he would. Steve, write, write us if uh, if you have any input on that. But Mike, pictures, are we going to go in concert? I think that was. Well, I can't sing, but I can, Me either, I can, but I can I write. I have so. a personality. The pictures of chained up merchandise marks a new low point with stores risking alienating legitimate loyal customers who can no longer be bothered to go through the rigmarole of having to summon staff simply to grab something off the shelf. Another San Francisco Walgreens location is completely boarded up, although still open, and was recently the scene of a fatal confrontation between a trans woman and a security guard. Safeway recently added, which is big supermarket chain on the West Coast, recently added metal emergency exit gates in front of one of the entrances that an, an alarm will sound if thieves try to leave the building. Some Safeway locations have installed exit bars that are blocking off closed checkout lanes with large metal gates, as well as lining pathways leading out of the store with obstructions. San Francisco has greatly been impacted by major businesses packing their bags after the streets have been taken over by the homeless and drug addicts. 7,000 homeless now call downtown San Francisco home. On Market Street, AT&T announced its iconic flagship store around the corner at One Powell uh, is closing. Nordstrom Rack is closing down altogether in September, as are other stores such as T-Mobile and Payless Shoes. One Target location in the city claims they are being shoplifted once every 10 minutes. Other goods, including trays of lipstick, nail polishes, stuff like that, are being cleaned out by shoplifters on a daily basis. Um, I mean... This is how bad this situation uh, this situation is. Target is uh, is now leaving. Whole Foods left in April. Office Depot left. Anthropology left. There is nothing left in that city. It's okay. Well, I've, I'm, I have something to add to this. Um, and you know, Walgreens is saying that they're locking up all their their stuff. Well, here locally, okay. As a consumer, this affects me. Here locally is Louisiana, by yeah, the way. Yeah, sorry. This conf- affects the consumer because the more people steal, the higher our prices go, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so one time I was down at, at Walgreens and I watched this woman stealing and throwing stuff in her purse. Now, she was every bit, bit of six foot five and she was much larger than me, this woman, but I got a case of the red ass. It made me mad watching her stealing. So I walked over to the manager and I said, excuse me, sir. I said, that woman right there is stealing from you. And he goes, oh, okay. And I said, 
um, are you going to do anything? And he was like, oh, we're not allowed to confront them. And I said, really? Because as a person who is standing in line to pay yeah, for the, no, and I kind of no. got irked about it. I said, as a person who's standing in line whose prices are going to mm-hmm. go up, they need to hire people with a set because this is ridiculous. So the woman comes over and leaves, walks out of the store. So I got out of line and walked over there and I said, stealing's wrong. I yelled it out of the store. Well, she comes back in and starts screaming and hollering, cussing and threatening to beat me up. Well, I was feeling bigger in my britches than I probably should have been. And I said, well, if you're feeling froggy, jump. And so she yelled a few ugly things to me and she left. She ended up driving around the building and then coming back. I'm still in line. That's how long the line is. Comes back in there and starts throwing her purse in my face. See, my purse is empty. My purse is empty. I said, she said, I didn't steal any candy. I said, first of all, I didn't say you stole candy, which is boom, you stole candy. Second of all, I know what you did. You drove around the building, you dumped your shit out. Now you're coming to yell at me. Get out of my face. I don't have time for you. And she walked out and everybody in line looked at me like I was crazy. I said, your prices are going up. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. That's why yeah. they get away with it. You no, know, and we've look, we've had a bunch of debates about it between the three of us mm-hmm. um, in recent episodes because uh, we've had situations where uh, two clerks at Lululemon got fired for mm-hmm. chasing after someone. We had another one where a guy thought someone stole something, chased him out of the store, shot him in the back, and killed him. Oh Jesus, that's um, a bit much. I mean, there's, <laughs> uh, but but. The best practices now that all of these stores are preaching to uh, to their clerks, to the workers, are to not confront these folks because, well, they're worried about two things. They're worried about uh, uh, political backlash for uh, for doing, and they're worried about their employees getting hurt. Right, and I'm not advocating kind of situation. You in that case would have been the uh, vigilante who who stepped in and 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 maybe. Uh, had done something, but you also could have got hurt. I could have pulled something out of that out of that person, That's, and that that wouldn't have been good. And so, in spirit, totally there with you. It's just uh, some of this stuff is so bad nuts. And interesting that you mentioned candy because uh, candy is a major, major part of it. Because so much of the crime is the homeless, the candy foil they're using, um, and I don't know well enough. Uh, exactly how it's used, but they're using it to smoke fentanyl. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's another reason you're getting, you're seeing the candy bars. But yeah. look, it's a, it's every major city in and the country now. I bet you they're it, seeing major batteries taken too. If you looked into that, batteries because they use that in meth making too. Batteries are a huge theft item. Mm-hmm. Well, the these, lithium. These huge uh, retailers are, you know, aggressively trying to build their online businesses to the point that. Uh, that you know that can drive uh, most of their profit, and they're moving out of the danger zones in all of the big cities and and reassessing, you know their uh, uh, their distribution because of it. And it's you know that that you can't city can't come back from that. San Francisco can't come back from what has happened here. Right. And it's it's a it's a national and international tragedy because it was. Absolutely, one of the greatest cities in the world, and An international tragedy. Yeah, go oh, that far. Oh, well, the, the, the tourism, too. international tourism in San Francisco at its height. Man, it was huge. You, yeah, that, it was be, it, a beautiful city. It, I'm not, at one point, I it, agree. It, it is. I've been to them all. The most. Be- Woody the other day said I like San Diego better. I like San Diego better too, but it's a beach town. It's not a city. Yeah, this different, was different vibe. You know a. A city, a city like New York, a city like Chicago, where it's concrete jungle, and it was the most beautiful concrete jungle in the country, and now it's it's been destroyed. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Say no more. It's mile high crime time, and y'all... They got a popular supermodel that's in some trouble. Oh, snap. Tell us. Y'all know who Giggy, Gigi is or Giggy? How do you say it, Mike? Gigi? <laughs> Gigi Hadid? It's Gigi Hadid, yeah. Her, yeah. Mo- her mom Gigi was, uh, was a, one of the housewives of the Beverly Hills for a couple of years. And- okay, well, she's in some she's in some shit. Because <laughs> Gigi Hadid Gigi, it's Gigi. was arrested in the Cayman Islands, which you've got to be arrested. The Cayman Islands probably a good place to do it. Last week for alleged possession of marijuana. 
That's right. Her and her friend, influencer Leah Nicole McCarthy, were arrested for the importation of marijuana and paraphernalia. The pair who arrived on a private aircraft to the Cayman Islands from the United States were arrested following a search of their luggage and a very small amount of marijuana was recovered. A representative for her said the 28-year-old was traveling with marijuana purchased legally in New York City with a medical license. It has also been legal for medical use in Grand Cayman since 2017. Uh, Her representative said her record remains clear and she enjoyed the rest of her time on the island. Now, the arrest happened at Owen Roberts International Airport and both women were released on bail. The two pled guilty and were fined about $1,200, but a conviction was not recorded. Uh, She posted a number of photos on Instagram in the week following the arrest, and those photos showed her enjoying the beach and the ocean, and she captioned the post, all's well that ends well. So So Jim did a tabloid story. No, I did a Mile High Crimes story. That happened to be a supermodel. <laughs> happened to be the supermodel. She's the, the highest paid supermodel super, on planet I, Earth right I now. I consider my she wife get the, munchies? The, the supermodel. How are you going to be a supermodel and smoke weed? You're not hungry, baby. I know it. Mama would be hungry. Well, the funny thing is, uh, you know, private aircraft, uh, uh, from what I understand, it was like a couple seeds i mean it wasn't hardly anything and uh you know it sounds like they just wanted some some notoriety meaning the cayman islands that hey we cracked down on weed around here or maybe they all just agree to be a great social media opportunity for both the caymans mm-hmm. and uh Gigi to uh, that could be to get rid of her uh you know whole milk drinking image and yeah. uh and you know make her a little bit uh a little bit more risque and help the islands at the well, same time. Well, if you're, I'm, I'm going to do a, a Woody uh, a... <clears throat> bullshit on that one. But yeah, I'm very familiar. Well, if you're pretty and rich, Mike and... said he's very familiar. I'm, I mean, the, the, <laughs> I mean the family. I mean from my LA. Mm, we know what you meant, Michael. Times. Uh, no, I'm not. A, very I'm not a big Gigi from fan. Thank you. Oh boy, Stevie Rayham. Oh, I thought you were going to say Vaughn. Wait, for a is it Rayham or Stevie Ray Ham? Stevie Rayham. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Vaughn. Forty-five years old, fled from the Humphreys County Jail in Tennessee at about eight p.m. on July fourth. Mm. Celebration time. Yeah, Got out of there. Got What's he doing? The hell, fireworks out of there. He'd been in prison for theft of property, burglary of a motor vehicle, and failure to pay child support. Mm. Mm, needs to be in prison for that. Yeah. So after he made his big jailbreak, he spent about seven hours. We don't know exactly where, but at the end of seven hours, he decided life in prison is pretty good. So he walked himself right back to the Humphrey County Humphreys County Jail and checked himself back in and said, I've had enough. I want to see my friends. And uh, and and they welcomed him right back in and uh, and actually added a little bit extra to his sentence for his escape. So Stevie Ray Ham will be in the Humphreys County Jail for a bit, bit longer. Mm. Yeah. I mean, hell. He might have hit the Waffle House. I don't know, but seven hours would have been enough time to hit the Waffle House, and y'all aren't going to believe this, but I know Humphreys County, Tennessee. Of course you do. You're like worldwide. That is that is where <laughs> that is where Waverly, Tennessee is. Well, we at my house don't call it Waffle House because one time when we were driving past it, some of the lights were out and it just said Awful Ho. Oh, that's great. So we call it the Awful Ho instead of the Waffle House. Hell yeah. They probably did that on purpose. They might have done that on purpose. I don't know. I liked it. Well, that's a dumb criminal, Mike. Yeah, it is. And you can find them in the Humphreys County Jail. I guarantee you that. And he wa- Oh, I was going to say something so clever. Well, Mike talks over the thing anyway, so half the time. You can do a post-banjo. Yeah, comment. you can do a post-banjo. Yeah. I was right. just going to say, it's not funny anymore now. I was just going right. to say he won't pay his child support if you have his babies, so don't go visit him. <laughs> they stole what? They stole what? What 
they still, Kelly? This is the case of the vanishing light bulbs. Oh, oh they can be valuable. Hey. Okay. LED? I, well, let's get, <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> when Evan Souders of mm. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, first reported light bulbs from his porch missing, it left many people scratching their heads. After all, the fragile glass objects aren't especially valuable. Right. But over time, their theft adds up. Mm, I bet. Initially assuming the event to be an isolated event, Souter replaced the bulbs on his porch only to have them taken again. Mm. And again. Mm. And again. And again. Finally, in desperation, he decided to install a security camera to get a better idea of what was going on. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to add this in maybe to shine some light on the subject. Yeah. Was that? Oh, yeah. Within a few days of the camera's installation, Souter caught the bulb thief on film. Mm. Footage shows a male perp who looks inside the home before grabbing one light fixture. A car is also visible in the driveway during the incident. Sadly, the perp is still out there and has not been caught. So what's the deal when it comes to disappearing, disappearing illumination? Officials don't know. But some people on the Nextdoor app have speculated it has something to do with drug use. Of course. What do local police have to say about the bizarre incidents? Dylan Quirk of the Oklahoma City Police Department explains, this could be considered a police matter as it is larceny, larceny theft. Yeah. As far as intentions, I could not speculate. (laughs) Hopefully, the Oklahoma City Police Department will shed more light on the subject soon. Very good. That is a bizarre. <laughs> they stole what? They stole what? Do we do 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 we get it? I don't. No, I it. mean we. Didn't, nobody knows why he's stealing light bulbs. Why? But the dude is he stole like twenty stole light bulbs. Uh, the same uh, house. The same house. He would replace a light bulb. Sounds to me like it's a neighbor playing a trick on. I was going to say it sounds like somebody but, wants to f with the guy. But he had installed a camera, and yet. He doesn't know who the person is. And uh, saw the getaway vehicle. Yeah. So you're driving to the house and take what if this might be someone who's cuckoo and then has this vendetta against that specific house? Like uh, like the CIA is in the bowl. Nobody knows. Everybody is freaking at a loss. So if you know and you're listening, put it in the comments. Yeah, that's our first uh they stole what? That's also uh they stole why. Yeah. 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 They stole why? They stole why? All right, now, you did not hear this on the last episode, uh, but we're going to give you a little bit of, even though Woody's not here, look, we're not going two episodes without getting kinky. I can tell you that. So, for Monday, today, I'm going to give you a little bit of the kinky crime. Do it. Ooh, listen to Kelly. Do it, do it. Do it. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. I was saying that that same song? song with you. All right. We were speaking about Waffle House earlier, and it just so happens this kinky crime involves Waffle House. At the Awful Home? How about that? Ow. Yeah, that's right. A woman. I don't think there's a comfy spot in the Waffle House for this. We're about to tell you all about it, Michael. A woman breaks a nose and a window and strips inside the Waffle House. It must have been quite the scene for both. Customers and employees of a Georgia Waffle House, after punching a woman in the face and breaking her nose, a Marietta woman threw multiple Waffle House platters at people inside the diner. How dare you waste Waffle House food like that? Jennifer Nicholson damaged a window when she hit it with a platter and also threw one at a police officer. Nicholson was not wearing any clothes during the incident. That's right. Oh. That's right. The accused stripped off all of her clothes in front of the Waffle House staff and patrons during a suspected excited delirium state. Wow. She must have been really in delirium. Nicholson resisted being arrested, scratching a police officer across the chin to the point that she drew blood. And once she was arrested. She was charged with aggravated battery, criminal damage to property, both felonies, and simple assault and public indecency. Believe it or not, she's being held without bond Wednesday <laughs> afternoon in jail. So 
Uh, you know, you start battering on police officers, don't be surprised if the judge doesn't grant you bond. But she's pretty kinky to do all that naked. Well, I can tell you That's this. That's all I can say. I learned this in Police 101. Naked means fight. Naked you, means fight. Naked means fight. If you roll up on the scene and somebody naked naked, you about to have some shaky shaky because y'all going to be throwing <laughs> some fists because naked means fight. And I yeah. had a friend. This is kind of funny. I had a friend who showed up on the scene because he heard that there was a... a naked woman on the river going crazy uh-huh. and he was like hell yeah in route but when he got there yeah, she wow. was about four bucks fifty big old girl oh. chugging vodka straight out the bottle and he's real fit okay yeah. he got knocked out are you ready for this yes he got knocked out by her arm fat no she swung and the j- the jiggly under and it arm, knocked him out it caught him right in the side of the head at the right moment yeah. and it buckled his knees. i'm sure he loves got him right on the butt on that story oh, yeah. yeah i didn't say his name you know who you are you didn't say the name to protect the innocent <laughs> yeah. well she's pretty i wonder if she might have made some money in tips though while she was in the waffle house because she was it's a good point so that might have covered i have to follow up and find out she might have got a few in a little coffee can. A lot of action in that waffle house. All right. That is uh, your Real Life Real Crime Daily for today. Monday. And thank you, Miss Kelly. Always a pleasure. Coming by, offering your uh, awesomeness and uh, filling in for the, uh, I guess he's going to be paroled after today. Huh, uh, no, no. The no longer suspended. Back yeah. in, in uh, you know, full. In general population. Yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> He's welcome back tomorrow, and we'll be monitoring his behavior. Hopefully, hopefully he'll <laughs> no be, more he'll be responsible. Paper. Thanks a ton for doing this. Yeah, no we problem. appreciate it. I enjoyed it. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Mike Agavino, and I'm Kelly Jennings for Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace, Peace. business. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc